Hello and welcome to the Coivecast. A very exciting episode today, as you'll be able to tell by the title of this podcast. Yes, Tigers legend and former Man of Steel Adrian Valls is going to join us on the Coivecast very, very shortly. Uh, he's the first ex-cast player to actually featured on the pod. And um, well, I think it's fair to say we're starting pretty strong, uh, getting Valsy on board. Of course, obviously, there's method to the timing of this episode as well. The Tigers' new 2024 tribute shirt has just been announced. Uh, so what better time to get the views of the man who inspired it? Um, but first things first, obviously, I'm in the past, as you're listening to this on launch day. So I haven't actually seen the shirt yet, but I am about to in a sec. So to help me out, I return to the podcast, a very popular guest, uh, Steve McNichol, a.k.a. Cast Rugby Shirts, if you're familiar with the Twitter machine, has joined me for the big reveal, uh, so you can all get my instant reaction. Um, first of all, return, uh, welcome back to the podcast, should I say. Um, how are you, Steve? How are things? Cheers, Ross. Yeah, great to be back. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Um, again, probably lived the the last twenty four hours very nervous to see um see everyone's reactions to the shirt. I think I said last time we were on last time I've been involved with with designing a shirt. I was really confident in it. Um, so as we speak now, um, a, a, a bit before launch, I'm fairly confident. But I imagine that the the twenty four hours that's gone before um this is this is released has been a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. But I mean, one thing I would say before we kind of get into it is obviously there's two kits that are already out there. Um, we kind of gave our take on it, obviously, a couple of months back uh, when we released the the Away kit, which we did say would be quite divisive and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've not obviously spoken really about the um, the reaction to that, but it was very positive, wasn't it, really? I think, I think most people got on board of it. Absolutely. I mean, I've had some kind of um, communication with Oxen. Obviously, it's it sold really well, um, been really popular, as has the, the training range that's gone alongside it. I think we've had a few things kind of on social media, and I kind of say, I think opposition fans don't really understand that affinity that Cass fans maybe have with that particular colour combo. Obviously, mm-hmm. that kind of um, culture from, from the mid-90s, um, that, that still hangs over, I think, and it, it's become a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a cult for us to have those colours associated with the club and I think it's great to have them back um, and I think that that's been shown in, in the reaction and, and the positivity around it and look, n- nobody likes every shirt it's impossible to make one shirt that everybody likes um, so so the aim is always to, to give a range and to give options um, and hopefully that's what we've done with, with the home and, and the away uh, and now with, with this tribute shirt, something different again um, and it, it's just opening up people's options for for choosing different designs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this will probably give away when we're recording this, but I was at the jungle yesterday and, and there was a fair few knocking around despite the freezing conditions. Uh, there was a, there yeah. was a fair few, uh, uh, both the home and the away, uh, knocking around the ground. Um, yeah, it seems to have gone down very, very well. And like I say, I think the initial social media reaction, which is not everything, but is what a lot, a lot of people see, um, but was probably, I thought it might be quite positive for the, the purple and green. It was probably even more positive than I thought, to be honest, which is which is great. Yeah, likewise, I, I thought it would be really split. I thought mm. it would be one of those, some people love it, some people really dislike it, um, but it, it seemed much more positive. And, um, and as I say, I think it's that affinity, having yeah. thought about, having thought about the reaction and, and kind of looked at the shirt more and um, talked to people about it. I think it's that affinity that, that some of the clubs, some of the supports have with that particular colour combo has just worked really well and putting that in a modern design. So it's really different to the home shirt. It's not a, it's not just the same design, but reversed. It is a seriously different design and a different approach. Um, and I think that's worked well to give people choice. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so just before we actually share the tribute shirt, just for a bit of the context, obviously you've been on before, and I'm assuming everyone's listened to that episode, but not necessarily. Uh, just a little bit of context on yourself. Obviously, you've been uh, involved in a few shirts in the past, obviously the ones this year, uh, probably most notably, of course, the the kind of Magic Weekend tribute shirt last year uh, for for to wear in a cow, uh, which was an excellent shirt. I think by all by all measures, everyone absolutely loved that. I've got one behind me in, in my office. Um so obviously the next step from that when it was so successful was clearly to look at one for this season. And in terms of the man who has been inspired by Adrian Valls, obviously we're going to be very lucky to speak to in a little bit. Um, just an absolute no brainer to go that way. I imagine. I think so. Um, when we were looking at these tribute shirts, I think um, Tawara and Adrian were the two um, that we, we kind of weighed up who goes first, who goes second. Um, what do we do in 2023? What do we do in 2024? Uh, and at some point, I think I realised that, that 2024 is 25 years since um, Adrian won Man of Steel. So it, it seemed to make a lot of sense to go with that 25th anniversary. Um, so that kind of was, was the deciding factor in which one we did, in which year it, it could quite easily have been um, Valsey, um last year and Tuara this year. Um, but that 25th anniversary thought was a, a real kind of um, a real moment to do it because of that anniversary. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. And um, I'll just prime you now because I'm very excited for this moment. <laughs> um, I'm about to see it for the very first time. Obviously, if you listen to this, you've probably already seen it. So, so it's a weird kind of it's a weird one. I I, I feel like I'm going to feel like the last one to actually see it when actually I'm not. Um, but yeah, very very excited for this moment. So. By all means, right. share the I shall share my video. screen with you, um, and it should come up for you to see. Okay, okay, not quite what I was expecting in a way, to be honest, but I immediately get it, uh -huh. <laughs> which I think is crucial. Yep. Yeah, I really, really like that. I mean, instant thoughts, obviously, the design elements is 99 isn't it or, or near yep. enough pretty much that 99 yeah, shirt yeah, almost identical to the 99 design yep yeah love that and clearly well, it's queensland cause isn't it obviously such a proud queensland region vels absolutely and it's actually bang on um the queensland color that volsey wore um when he appeared for the state um so we went back and found the actual pantone that um that was used in those shirts to make sure we got an exact um color match to to his state of origin shirt um, so yeah, we, we've gone for kind of similar to what we did with Tuara, um, this kind of idea of a, a tribute to a, a former player. It's something unique to Cass at the moment. We've not what's seen other clubs doing it, um, where we fuse together something from that player's Castleford time at Cass, um, uh, and then something about them as a person. So a um, bit of a more straightforward design, I think, this time because obviously we've we've just taken the the nineteen ninety nine design yeah. or key aspects of that 1999 design and rather than having the orangey amber shade we've replaced that with with the maroon um the queensland maroon in in tribute to his to his state and, and proud queenslander um so that that kind of the that was the the process for this shirt um it went through a few iterations i think it went through about six iterations of trying you know different colors in different places so having the white as maroon and the maroon as white etc um not having the black um and having everything maroon um but in the end we felt that this one was probably the closest to the 1999 shirt and probably the kind of most queensland looking yeah we could make that oh it makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense in terms of the process of that and 
Yeah, I really like that. I really, really I, I, to be honest, I never expected to not like what, what was going to be flat out <laughs> here, to be honest. But that's even though it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be, because I, in my, I think in my head I had black and amber, essentially <laughs> as you'd expect, and pretty much a direct copy of ninety nine. But I think I think the fact that it's not is is almost more special in a way. And like you say, it's bringing on that aspect of you know a little bit of his heritage. Nick Howe had the checkerboard, for example, and also the uh, the Maori stuff. Yeah, this makes an awful lot of sense. And that Queensland Maroon kind of across the league as well, I think it's proven pretty popular with other teams recently, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And I think OKR had a, a Queensland Maroon um, to celebrate one of their um, famous games against Queensland. And um, a couple of years ago, um, we had a, a training range, a Maroon training range at Cass, um, and that flew. Um, so that was really, really popular. So absolutely, we, we're thinking that um, that this could be really popular in terms of the, the colour that we've got on offer. And again, it, it's just something else that opens up some more choice for people and another option, um, whilst also celebrating that, that kind of achievement that Valsi had. Um, and we've put the... Um, Put the Man of Steel details down on that on that corner where we last year we had to our signature and kind of his um, his cast career stats. Whereas on this one we've gone with that Man of Steel um, trophy image, that silhouette, and then um, that Man of Steel nineteen ninety nine to to commemorate that particular um, achievement. Obviously the the very first cast player to to win it. Um, so that that's kind of where that came from as well. Yeah, the perfect thing to commemorate and. I can already tell this is going to be popular. And of course, I mean, I'm speaking in the past and I'm, I'm sure uh, social media is a wash of positive comments while this podcast is going out. But I, I think this is a, it's a triumph, really. This one, I think it's an absolute beauty. And as you say, there's, there's, there's those differences as well with the other two kits. Because as I said, in my head, you know, a direct replica of the 99 would be fine. But at the same time, we've got a black and amber kit this year, haven't we? You know what I mean? In terms of the home kit. So you probably do want a little bit of a of differentiation. This makes an awful lot of sense. I really, really like this. Um, just one more point in the design. Obviously we're going to move probably not too much into the design when we speak to Adrian, but uh-huh. um, we, we love a bit of sponsor integration, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, fair play to CBR and the rest for, for doing so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, we have this debate often, um, you know, do, do sponsors benefit from that? integrate selling more shirts or do they benefit from maintaining the colors that maybe clash and put people off buying it and i'm very much on the former um the more shirts that, that are sold the better they look the more shirts that are sold the more exposure that is for the sponsor and um, but not everyone thinks that way uh, and and all credit to to cbr and um bar benidorm and yorkshire pride and, and all those sponsors for being willing to kind of fit in with the design of the shirt yeah absolutely 100 percent. well I really like it. I'm sure the listeners really like it too. And I think that's enough from us, isn't it? Let's hear from the main man himself. Absolutely. Let's hear from the man uh, who inspired that jersey, uh, who created that 99 season, created that that memorable image uh, of him with that Man of Steel trophy, which we all just kind of have in our heads right now. Um, so yeah, just after the Raw, you'll hear from Adrian Bells. We'll see you on the other side. So yeah, Adrian, uh, great to meet you. Great to finally meet you properly. Um, I've just seen, obviously, just seen the shirt. Obviously, it's getting launched today. Um, obviously, quite a few years in the making. I think your conversations with Steve uh, and various people just kind of making this happen. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts now? This new shirt's actually been released, kind of uh, in your honour on the 25th anniversary of your uh, Man of Steel win. Oh, it's just crazy. I'm so very honoured that uh, this is happening. Um, yeah, and to see it come to light. 
Um, yeah, it's it's very it's a big honour for me, a massive honour for me, and I'm just glad that um, you know I left some sort of uh, I wouldn't say legacy, but you know left left uh, some good feelings back at Cass where I, where I love playing. Well, I'll tell you, you definitely left a legacy. I wouldn't sell yourself short on that one. I think there's definitely a legacy there. We, we wouldn't be talking about it 25 years later if there weren't a legacy. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I guess kind of what what is it you remember, Volsey, around that, that 1999 season in particular? Because obviously we, we've we've gone for that, that season because it, it's a Man of Steel win, a massive achievement for you personally and, and repping the club. I'm thinking back to that, that 99 season. What do you remember about that year? Oh, it, it, there was a build-up, you know. Like we had obviously had '97, where it was we we're lucky to escape relegation. Then '98, we improved again, and and then '99, we just got it. You know, got some good players, and in, in Aaron Raper and and Dale Fritz and Jimmy Pickering, and um, you know, you had Mick Egar there, and and then uh, and then all the all the players from '97, '98 who were still there: Danny Orr, Johnny Wells, Tonka, you know. Those those players, Diesel, you know, uh, Nathan Sykes, Lee Harlan, just players that um, had grown as well. You know, Diesel's obviously been there for you know for years before that, but but we all grew together as a team. Then '99, we just gelled and we went to Lanzarote, and and I think that was a, a making of us. Wigan were over at the same time, and we sort of saw that you know they was they were human beings, and you know it was a real good feel. And we had that good run in the cup. And you know, you could just feel it building, and then obviously, you know, we had we had a great great end of the season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was an unbelievable year for you uh, individually as well. It was for the team. Did you have kind of? Because obviously, there'd never been a cast player who won Man of Steel at that point. Uh, I believe you were the first Queenslander as well uh, to win the Man of Steel. Did you have an inkling or kind of any advanced information kind of ahead of uh, the end of the season that you were, well, you will know you were in contention, but did you have any kind of income that you were actually going to win the Man of Steel at the end? No, none at all. I, I was so happy that I I got an invitation to the, so I was throwing back the beers pretty quickly and, <laughs> um, and just, just having fun. I like, um, I was absolutely enjoying the night. Didn't have any, any um, inkling that I'd win it. You know, Daryl Powell, I think, was one of them. That, you know, Sean Longers, you know, I just went, oh, yeah, I'm just stoked to be mentioned. Uh, all the other award winners, they, uh, sorry, all the other nominees for the other awards, they read out something about them individually. So, say there was three players for it, they read all about them. For mine, they so they started reading about me for the Man of Steel. So, I was just, I had no idea. So, then all of a sudden, they've said, you know, Man of Steel, you're Man of Steel. And then I've gone, what? And then I looked at Michael McDonald, who was our marketing, and he already knew. And he just looked at me and gone, you, you won it. And I went, holy shit. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then I was like, quick, quickly, make sure my jacket was right. And yeah, it was just crazy. So good. I, I wonder, Valsey, I've always thought this. What what does one do with a Man of Steel trophy? Because they're not they're not small items, are they? Um, so where where is that trophy now? Did you did you take it back to Was with you? Did it need its own Did it need its own plane yeah. seat and ticket? I don't know if you can see it behind me, but there it is on the uh, bench right oh, behind nice. me on my on my cupboard. Uh, my daughter, littlest daughter, she stands on it. Um, yeah, there's not much you can do with it, but yeah, I got it. I got it back to Australia. I wasn't going to lose that. That's just certain. But yeah, like just you know, and that you don't win those awards 
in they're not an individual award. That's a team award, and I wouldn't have won it without the team that we played in. So, but I was yeah to you know to win at ninety nine to to be the first Queenslander to do it. And only the second Australian at the time behind Gavin Miller was was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Great seeing there. Uh, pride of place uh, behind there over your shoulder. Um, yeah. Just we we'll do a bit of a history lesson, then we'll kind of go back a little bit, um, mainly for me, if I'm honest, for a lot of this. Um, just going back to kind of your first grade debut then. So obviously uh, the Seagulls back in 93. Um, you actually ended up being player of the season, obviously in your debut year. But having done kind of a little bit of research, it seemed like a bit of a, a, bit of a struggle that season. Was it a real kind of baptism of fire really kind of going to first grade uh in 93 in that kind of situation yeah well it took me four years to make it so i came into grade in 1990 as 18 year old so back in those days you played reserve grade and then if you played a half a game reserve grade, you could sit on the bench for first grade so between 1990 and 93 uh, 90 so 1991 92 i sat on the bench for nrl over 20 times and didn't get a run my first actual big game that I played in was actually against Great Britain, the touring Great Britain side of oh. 92. That was my run on actual first grade game and which was pretty cool. And I think I marked John Devereaux and um, I think Crooksy may have even played that game. But And then 93, finally got the call up and ha- had a great year. But we had, we, we won one game all year, and um, which I think – you know, it was sad. I, was, I had such a good year, but then as a team we were poor. But you know, we were close. But so, but you know, just to, just to be able to play, say I played first grade was again just just a moment. You know, from a kid from a a little country town of three thousand people to be able to you know make it uh, make it in the NRL was pretty cool. And obviously, um, Wally Lewis, I'm was coaching at that point in time. What, what was it like um, as a player under kind of such a legendary um, icon of the game in Australia? Well, I idolised Wally. He was my hero from when I was about 10, you know, the first State of Origin, which I listened to on the radio. And you know, he was a hero. You know, I followed all the teams that he played for and, and finally um, to get that chance. And then, you know, I just wanted to play, play well for him. I didn't want to ever want to let him down. Plus... You know, he used to get cranky. I didn't ever want him getting cranky at me, but um, yeah, I I said to him when I won Player of the Year, I said to him, "I'll see you next year." And he said, "Oh no, I'll see you in a couple of a couple of weeks uh, on the trip away." And I said, "No, I'll see you next year when I play Origin." And and lucky enough, I, I got to do that. But yeah, for me, he he was just my biggest idol growing up, and and what a player. So it was all, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and obviously you, you've had a real honour of playing in some some huge games. Um, but um, tell us about the um, the Wally Lewis challenge. Um, talking of Wally Lewis, you, you managed to appear in that prestigious game. Um, but I think there'll be a lot of people um, in the UK who don't know about that game. So um, if it's possible, can you kind of summarise what, <laughs> what that game's about and what it's like to play in? Well, Wally started these games where he'd get... Yeah, you know, celebrities, not just um, footy players, but ma- ma- majority rugby league players are old and, and they'd play, they played one in 92. And then I was lucky enough, I got picked to play the one in 93. And I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, it was Brett Kenny, there was Fatty Borden, Peter Sterling, all these players. There was Aussie Rules players, bloke called uh, Robert Dibber Domenico. And there was just these legends who I, I'd grown up watching. And I, you know, I got to play against a couple of them and, and Brett Kenny. And, 
But I just couldn't believe it. it was, you know, just one of those moments as it, you know, takes you back to being a kid and you're a fan of the game and you, and all of a sudden you look over and they're right beside you in the dressing room and it's all a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I've still got the jersey and, um, yeah, it was just a, it was just such a cool night um, to, to slight, play. Slight, and just... Slightly unusual pitch entrance as well, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I think well, that was the one. I think we came on uh, back of Harley's. I'm pretty sure Harley Davidson's, <laughs> and then you know it was it was just funny. You know, uh, Dale. You know, there was shenanigans happening in the game. It was all all play, all played at um, you know fun, but the crowd was you know it was big. And those, in fact, those jerseys are very um, they're very uh, hard to come by. For people are people are searching for them, trying to buy them. So I'm glad I've kept mine. Yeah, I think for anyone listening who doesn't really know what we're talking about at this point, I didn't until a few days ago. Go on YouTube because it's all there. You can watch it and it's 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 something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Um, speaking of prestig- uh, prestigious games, though, obviously a year later, 94, obviously the kind of jumping off point of this entire interview, the reason why there's so much uh, maroon uh, in this new third shirt for Cass, obviously your Queensland nod came in 94. Just, just kind of talk us through that from kind of getting the call up to actually running out that night and, and representing representing your state, which must have just been uh, presumably, you know, the absolute highlight of your career. Yeah, it was. Well, as I um, said earlier, I listened to a, to the game on the on the radio with my dad because we didn't, we only had one TV channel as a kid and we didn't get that game. And um, dad told me about how New South Wales always used to be Queensland with Queensland players. And this is the first time it was all Queensland. So I listened to it. But I said to myself that night after I listened to that, oh, I played State of Origin one day, so that was 1980, and then 94, I got a I got a tip that I might I might be a chance um, because of an injury. Whether I just I didn't want to get my hopes up, so I just you know went to sleep that night, and I got a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning from Ross Livermore, the QRL managing director, said, "Mate, you're you're on standby for Steve Renouf. He's going to have a fitness test. Um, you know, we'll ring you. We'll ring you in half an hour." So I'm just praying to God that he bails and um i rang mum and dad just let him know and then the phone rang and he said you're in and it was just it's it one of those surreal moments that you just i don't know it was like the world stops and you're just sitting there going is it is it real is it real i'm going to become an origin player and then i was like you know i rang my mom and rang a couple of people but then i'll go oh what are, what am i going to do i'm gonna what am i going to pack what do i need went and bought a new pair of joggers because i thought i needed joggers <laughs> got a didn't have much money back then i was only on I was on no sign on at all. I think that year and um, didn't really have much money. Bought these joggers, then got into camp and got a free pair of joggers anyway. So, but I, I got yeah, it was amazing. I, I drove to Brisbane because I'd been in camp a couple of days already, and I walked in. I was, you know saw Mal, Wally, Chris Close, uh, you know Alfie Langer, Kevy Wallers, Trevor Gilmust, all these legends, and I just straight away nearly did a U-turn and walked out because you just feel like you didn't belong there because, you know, they're legends of the game. So, you know, in that first game I watched, you know, Mal, Wally and Chris Close play and all of a sudden I got one coach, one the manager, one the captain. So, yeah, it was just amazing. That made me feel welcome. And and then to go to Melbourne and play in front of 87,000 people, um, yeah, just, I didn't get I didn't get that long, but it was just when they said you're on, it was uh, – just crazy it's it's hard to explain but when you're a queenslander and you get to pull that jersey on the 81st player to do it and 
you know, there's been thousands who've tried and wanted to do it and never got the chance. And I was lucky enough to to to, to get that chance. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like you say, I mean, it's such an honor just representing Queensland even for a minute of mine anything else. But I mean, yeah, the MCG as well. I didn't realize it was actually the MCG where you met, where you, where you played your game. I mean, what's what's the MCG like to play at? I mean, it's just absolutely enormous, isn't it? Oh, I couldn't believe it. We, we drove the bus under the. I, I joke, but we drove the bus under the grandstand. I couldn't believe that. I was going, how big is this place? <laughs> and then we trained there the day before, and it was just you know I'd watch cricket. Grew yeah. up watching cricket there, you know, and on on TV and. Yeah, and then we got there and we yeah, it wasn't that many people. Then when we ran out, it was just crazy. Like it was unbelievable. I've never obviously never seen a crowd that big and yeah, it was just it was it was just amazing. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Um just taking career on then a little bit as we kind of head towards uh that eventual move to cast. So it was the Cowboys next. Obviously you went to the Cowboys for their uh, inaugural season in 2025. Um that seemed like a real kind of roller coaster ride, didn't it? Obviously you, you became captain. Uh, the kind of departure from the club as well, just like Tim Sheens, and I've seen the kind of various comments you've made since, various comments he made. Um, yeah, just talk us through that kind of wild ride at the Cowboys for a couple of years. Yeah, well, I, I had offers to go. I probably had about 10 clubs chasing me, and I chose to go to the Cowboys because it had a bit of a country feel. I'm a country boy, yep. and I thought it'd be very exciting to go to a club that was starting up and then... Um, you know, a lot of my Gold Coast teammates who are good mates were going as well. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved Townsville, great people, great supporters. They're the closest thing to probably cash supporters um, and just amazing. And then got got finished the last three games of the first year as captain, but then I got named captain for the next year, and, which was an honour as well, like um, to to captain an NRL team and uh, played every game that year. And then um, Tim Sheens came along and then, yeah, it was, it was very well documented, but he said, you're not big enough, not fast enough, not strong enough, and you got limited ability. We're not keeping you here, which um, I don't mind if – I would have been disappointed if he said, you know, I'm not keeping you. But he didn't have to I – I was just dirty that he belittled me like that. And yeah. he could have just said, look, you know, you're not in my plans – um, whatever, and then I so there that that sort of shattered me a bit. And then it looked like I was going the Bulldogs and the Warriors and, and a couple of other clubs, and they all fell through. And and, and Daryl Vanderveld said, rang me one day and said, Oh, would you be keen to go to Castleford? And I thought, Oh, I never thought about England, or I thought about England, but not not just yet. And I, I knew Castleford because I supported them in '86 when they won the Challenge Cup because of Ian French and um got up in the middle of the night to, to, to watch it. And um, so I thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll go over for a year and and uh, come back. But, yeah, it didn't plan out like that. I and, mean, yeah, went from the middle of summer here to the middle of winter over there, and which is a <laughs> huge shock, culture shock. But, yeah, and the rest is history. Yeah, my kind of next question is obviously how that move came about, and obviously that's how it came about. But yeah, like it's interesting for what for me. I'm 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 a cast lad. I'm, I'm from here, and it's it's crazy to even think that someone like yourself would even know where what Castleford is, and the fact you got up in the middle of nineteen eighty six is is kind of crazy to us. You know what I mean? That people so far away would would know about our little town, our little club. Yeah, what is it that kind of just attracted you to the club straight away, and the fact you got that phone call and you're going, actually, yeah, come on, I'll, I'll, I'll take that chance. Oh, it was just a chance, I guess. It was just like, well, you know, we we'll do something different, another part of the world. Like I said, Ian French, Jamie Sandy. I loved, loved two Queenslanders and 
Um, but I, you know, I used to get up in the middle of the night to watch the Challenge Cup anyway, and and I I bought the Rugby League Week religiously, so I knew all the English players, all this. You know, I was a mad footy footy head, mad footy fan. So, and then you know, then to turn up at Cass and I get to play beside Lee Crooks and John Joyner as the coach and Gary Stevens assistant coach. You know, all these legends. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. And but yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough uh, few months losing 11 straight and absolutely getting absolutely hammered by the fans. And <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly um, was starting to think I made the wrong decision early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do you remember kind of about that? that <laughs> I mean, apart, apart from the cold, <laughs> that, that kind of just first day at the club, like first day landing in the UK, what were kind of just your initial impressions of like the town, of, of everything? What, what, what was kind of going through your head? Oh, I, I loved it. it was, I loved that, just that new, being somewhere new and, um, they put us out at Sherbin, which was a bit of a, a little bit out of town. So we ended up moving into into town, which was which was better because then you sort of got to be around the players a bit more. Sherbin was a great little town, but um, and then the second session we had, uh, um, Badowskis threw threw a faceball. It was supposed to be a faceball and hit me right in the nose in the middle of. It was freezing cold, and it hit me right in the nose. And my first response was I'm going to punch him right in the face because it hurt that much <laughs> and then then the pain set in oh my god that so that was the second session I'm just going holy hell and that's what I couldn't believe it was so cold you weren't allowed to wear gloves or anything it's like oh my god just crazy <laughs> that was I just that was the thing I couldn't believe how cold and but it was exciting at the same time because it was all new and the hardest part was understanding what people were saying god it was I used to get a lift with Chris Smith because he lived out of Cherbin and some of the blokes would be talking. Oh, I have no idea what they're saying. I just could not understand the Yorkshire accent to start with. Yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to. I think. Um, yeah. How about um? How about you, your debut, Valzi? Because obviously we're we're releasing the shirt on um on the anniversary of your debut, which was 9th of Feb. Do you remember much about that game, pre-game, during game? Was that the the trial game or the Challenge Cup game, cup game. or the yeah, real the game? Cup, the cup uh, game. against Salford. Oh, I didn't. I didn't have a good game. Um, well, we we didn't have a good game as a team, but then we lost, and it was like. Oh, and then I then I realised how much that affects the town when you, you know, you lose, particularly early on, but you lose, you know, the Challenge Cup, and you know, it's so big. I knew I knew the Challenge Cup was big, but I didn't realise how much effect it had on the town when 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 we lost, and then obviously those games after that when we were losing, and you could just see the supporters just, you know, disheartened and um yeah, it was it was tough times, but I was so proud to you know, to, to put that jersey on and, and, and play and unfortunately we yeah, we didn't get the result. I'm sure there was plenty plenty of contenders around that time, but in terms of any kind of particular characters that really kind of stood out to you straight away, who who was the biggest character like in the change room at that point? Uh Jason Flowers always stands out to me. He's he's Funny, and I could not understand what he said. I, <laughs> even when I left, I couldn't understand him. But um, yeah, he he was just funny. Like he he took the he took the piss out of everyone. The coach, you know, John Joy, and then when Stewart came, took the. And, but it was it was so good for our team morale all the way through. Collie was was so good because no one was bigger than the game with him. He he just took the mick out of everyone, and it didn't matter who it was. And that was such a good such a good thing you know and then yeah I, I found him 
one of the better characters and just just because you had a good laugh with him and uh, Jason Lydon was very in that first year Jason Lydon was very funny too really really good fella and he um, it was always a laugh there and no it was just a really good bunch of blokes so all my time there I had so many good fellas and you know and Danny Oil and I because we made our debuts together we became pretty close straight away actually and still mates to this day and yeah, he's an he's an absolute legend. Love him as a bloke. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, we discussed then kind of leading into ninety nine, kind of touched on that, and obviously, uh, kind of going into the uh, going into the two thousands. Obviously, you went away for a little bit. We won't talk about those other clubs you you, you built your play <laughs> in that time. Um, but obviously, kind of to be honest, without making anyone on the call feel a bit old, my kind of first impression of you was when you came back. Um, due to my age, obviously, when we came back in, the, in about two thousand five. So, how did that kind of kind of cameo at the end of the year. How did that how did that kind of happen, that kind of return to kind of help us get back up? Well I got I got offered uh when I left in two so end of two thousand three when I come back from Wakefield for the last three games, I think it was. Uh I got an offer to 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 stay, but we we'd already decided we were going home, so I couldn't really um change that. And then next year in 04, I got offered to come back again, but I was close to playing NRL again with the Broncos. So I declined. And then um, and then in 05, Richard Wright, I was still in contact. And he said, what do you think about coming back? And I said, oh, well, you know, yeah, I'll be keen. But we, we could make the grand final in the Q Cup, Queensland Cup, which we did. And then two days later, I was on the plane back over, which was pretty surreal. When I came back, it was like, oh, my God, like I'm back. It's It was so good. It was, it was good the first time. It was even better the second time, and then obviously to win the the grand final as well, would and to and to bring Cass back to Super League was awesome. But to do it with one of my good mates, Sir Brad Davis, yeah. uh, Mick Ego was there as well, a great fella, and we were you know good mates to, to this day. And to do it with those fellas was was awesome. But Brad and Brad and I, you know, we fought a few battles together, you know, in '97 and. Then even together at Wakey when we were there, but to, to do it again at Cast to help him back in Super League was was amazing. Then Tony O'Brien was there since C again, and you know, it was uh, yeah, it was just good times. Yeah, that's awesome, Steve. Yeah, so um, did you keep any stuff from your Cast days then, Volsley? Did you know some players keep kind of their playing shirts, any any kind of player of season awards? Did you kind of keep all that stuff and and take it back to us with you? Mate, I've got. I got so much stuff you wouldn't believe. My uh, my wife calls me the hoarder, but I've got so much footy gear. I've got so much from Cass. I've got programs. I've got jerseys. I've got training gear. I've got track suits. I've got the the year I won Player of the Year in '98 for Cass. I've got a big, I think it's famous grouse bottle of wine, massive uh, bottle of uh, Scotch whiskey. I brought. I've got that still. It's mass biggest bottle I've ever seen. <laughs> um, trophy, still got trophies, still got yeah, I got lots. Even that they made a man of steel cap when I won that, and yeah, I've got heaps and heaps of stuff. And um, uh, did you keep any of those nose strips? Because certainly one of the things I remember <laughs> about you was was those nose strips that you wore. Firstly, did you keep any? But did they really make any difference? Did they help your breathing game? They did. I found they did. Like they opened up your, your nasal passages, whether that's placebo effect or not. But I, I swore in them or something. Didn't we didn't have them as a sponsor, so I didn't get them. But yeah, I, I, uh, I swear by them. <laughs> and um, I think um, one one of the things that that 
I need to do in this podcast is give you an apology, Volsey, because we have actually met um, many, many years ago when, when you were at Cast before, and I've I've been the victim of, of the Adrian Vowles stare. Um, so one um, when I was younger, kind of teenage years, we were, I was in Burger King with a with a mate, and um, I, I know you used to frequent Burger King occasionally yourself in, in Carton Lanes, um, and they used to have those straws with a, a paper wrapper and a plastic straw inside that you could pull the end off and you could shoot the paper you might not know this because you were old and and i was a young troublesome teenager and you could shoot the the wrapper off the straw and it would fly quite a distance and i shot one at my mate sat opposite who managed to dodge it um so it flew and and, and hit the guy behind us um on the back of the head um so you, as you do you duck um and i, I kind of edged out from my mate's shoulder to see to see who it was that that I'd hit on the back of the head with this paper straw to find um to find you staring back <laughs> at me from from across <laughs> Burger King with Dale Fritz looking because it had landed in in his burger I think and there's you you Fritzy um Michael Eager uh, and James Pickering all glaring at, at this <laughs> this teenager that had um that had shot this paper straw and um perhaps uh, of all the four blokes you, you don't want to um, pick on in Cass it, it, it's Volsey, Fritzy, Jimmy Pickering <laughs> and, and Michael Eager um, so, so apologies for that, it was me um, I did try and avoid any contact with you for about a year after that no autographs, no photo, no, no photos, no nothing and, and I think you visited um, a school I was doing some work experience in as well and, and I had to take the morning off just in case you recognised me <laughs> as, as that, that 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 skinny kid who'd um, who'd fired a, <laughs> a paper straw at you, so you know apologies for that one. You're forgiven, mate. But I, I would have just pushed pushed big Jimmy Pickering in front of me. I wouldn't have been fighting anyone. I'd just <laughs> push them. He push was the a big, and he was a big fellow, wasn't he? Was Jimmy Pickering and a super player as well? Yeah, great, great fun. We're still mates today, and really good mates with uh, Jimmy. We keep in contact a fair bit. And, yeah, he was. Uh, I still remember he played Halifax, I think, and someone, someone shaped up to him, and I'm just going, oh, you, you're in trouble now, mate. And Jimmy's <laughs> just hit him with about five rights, and, yeah, just good fella. <laughs> That's brilliant. Great story, that. Um, yeah, kind of bring it kind of to current day now. Um, obviously, we see you actively support the Tigers on social media and all that kind of stuff, and obviously, this involvement with the shirt is absolutely brilliant. Um, how up-to-date do you do you keep uh, with, with Cast now? Is it, is it difficult over there to keep up-to-date with uh, with the Tigers and just yeah, how 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 much do you support us even to this day? I suppose. Well, I got I got asked thirty seven thousand times last year whether I was coming back to coach, and that was my next question. Actually, <laughs> in, in my head, in my head, I I thought about it, but like I I wanted to so badly, like it was crazy. I'm going, I was having all these these uh, little fights inside my head, going, yeah, you can do it, just do it. No, well, you know, but yeah. You know, I'm set up over here. It's too hard. I've got the family. And it was just, I, I wanted to so badly because I, I felt I could do a job. I felt like I could, I could actually do a good job of um, coaching there. And, and I knew about the club and I knew how much it meant and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, coaching is a fickle world. You, know, you, you love one minute and hate it the next. And then all of a sudden you could be out of a job. And then all of a sudden I've got to come back to Australia and start again. You know, I run a business over here. So, but yeah, it was... In my head, it was a bit of mind games saying I, I really wanted to do it because the club means so much to me. And I, I, I rode that, I rode that, those results. I was riding those results, you know, every weekend, just praying that 
that uh, we, we were going to stay up, and and luckily we did, and thankfully, and um, you know, I was I was I used to chat to Wardy most uh, most weeks after games. We'd have a chat just on just via text, and you know how it was, and just um, yeah, I, I wanted the players to know, you know, it's it's bigger than them. It's it, it's about the town. You know, the town relies on this team. And, uh, and we need that team in Super League. So, uh, it, what does the future hold for you then, Falzi? What What's the kind of what? I guess when when players leave, we often don't hear much around kind of of what they're doing, particularly if they leave the game. What 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 are you doing at the moment? And kind of what What does the future hold for you in in the next few years? Hopefully, uh, I run a, a commercial cleaning business, so which I've. It's part of a bigger company, but I started um, Queensland up, and so I built that up here, and so I do that, and uh, you know, absolutely love it. Um, got a really, the owner's a really great fella, and got a good team, and yeah, it's it. You know, I've sort of been, I've ran Burley Bears, I've been in superannuation, and um, and then, but you know, I've got my kids, uh, you know, my granddad as well. Uh, I've got seven seven kids and two grandkids, and my um, Younger daughters are into basketball and touch footy, so I help help with that. And then um, my middle daughter's netball, and then yeah. So, but we all, uh, my older kids and myself, we all play touch footy every Wednesday night together, which is pretty cool. And so I, I stay fit. I play touch two nights a week, and it's called touch. It's called um, TRL, which is a different game of touch. But yeah, so I'm sort of. I took up basketball, started playing basketball at the end of last year. So I try and keep fit. I go, I, I'm up at four every morning. I go to the gym, try and stay pretty fit, and um, try and beat old age. <laughs> what everyone does, everyone does. Um, yeah, uh, is there any, any plans to kind of come back over in the future? Uh, it's kind of, yeah, just taking the jungle uh, a few more times. Oh, I'd love to come over. Problem is, there's a problem. The flights are there, and uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a long way over. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I want to come over. I want to. I'd, you know, I'd love to bring all my kids over. But I'd have to take. I'd have to sell a house to do all that. But I want to come back over, and definitely want to come back over. I want. Uh, I mi- I miss. I miss Cass so much. It's ridiculous. Like I just wish it was around the corner, not twenty odd hours away. Um, I've got so many friends over there. Um, you know. That was the other big thing when I was there. I used to go to the Monday night uh, supporters club, which Mick Morgan ran, and we'd play bingo, we'd have a beer, we'd watch the game, and and that helped me understand Cass as a club. And those those people I went with, like went to that night, we're all still friends today. Um, that was a massive part about me learning the culture of the club and knowing that all supporters at the time didn't hate me and. Yeah, and really good. And Morgie, you know, just a funny bloke. You know, people see see his video over here in Australia, and they just laugh with the one about <laughs> yeah. send him off, you dirty get. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's. I just I made so many friends over there, and 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 it's just, I just I've caught, caught up with Richard Gay last year, which was cool. He came over and caught up with a few. Wayne Price has come over. You know, Lynchy Andy Lynch lives over here now, and we catch up with a few and a few supporters. I've caught up with over the years as well, which has been really good. And but oh yeah, I miss I miss it so much. I really do. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm not saying these guys are necessarily listening to the podcast, but I mean, guys that like we've got at the moment. Obviously, we've got quite a young squad going into this season. 
but quite a few guys have come over from Q Cup, New South Wales Cup, Shabel uh, Tasipala, and uh, obviously you've got Liam Horn and players like that. What advice w- would you give those guys? I mean, Elia Elzakim as well, I think he's only 23. He's kind of living by himself now in Cass. He, he did an interview the other day. What advice would you give to those kind of young blokes who've obviously come over from uh, from Queensland, from New South Wales, from uh, Papua New Guinea? What advice would you give them about kind of just embracing Cass and the town and the club and just kind of getting the best out of it? I've given this advice to a lot of players that have gone to different clubs in England is just get to know your supporters. Get to know your supporters. Don't disrespect them. You know, get to know them. Let them get to know you. Let them, you know, go there for the right reasons, you know. Like, don't go there and talk about us. We did this in Australia, we did that in Australia. Like, go over there and really engulf yourself in the in the culture of Cass, the place, the people. It's a working-class town. They're good people. But the crowd, you know, I still reckon it's the best crowd I've ever played in front of um, at Cass and the best supporters and just, yeah, just amazing. And, you know, for me as a captain, to be the first player to run onto that field, to run onto that, to hear them cheering and singing and was just, it made me feel, you know, six foot tall, or 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And just, I never ever wanted to let that jersey down. That's that's how it made me feel, and that's how the players that go there got to be the same, you know. And um, you know, it's I just love watching the players that come through. You know, young Fletcher Rooney, uh, you know, played with Jamie and um, at Cass and Wakey, and it's great to see you know, players like that coming through. Nixon Putter, I used to do a bit of commentary over here, so I watched his career. But you know, um, Paul McShane, just a legend. Of, of, of Cassius. So, yeah, I just love it. And I just, but those players that are there, I want, you know, I want them to make a difference, you know, and just, and do the right thing by the club. 100%. And I, th- I think just final point, I'm not entirely sure which game it'll be used for, uh, first and foremost, but yeah, how much prize is going to give you to see, seeing those lads run out in a, you know, a 99 inspired shirt, your name on it, Queensland colours. That must be quite a special moment for you when you see the lads run out in that. This is amazing. People over in Australia, don't understand how, not not just me, but how highly regarded, how highly held players are. Some players are at clubs in, in England, and you know my kids. Oh, it's going to be special because my kids will get to see it, and you know, and um, yeah, just amazing. And I, yeah, my it'll be a, it'll be a very. Um, I reckon it'll be it's a be a proud moment. I might I reckon a, I reckon a few tears as well, mate. It's um. Yeah, it's just crazy, and I can't believe I can't believe it's happening. To be honest, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I saw a comment once, just thinking around what Vozzi was saying about about coming to Cass around. It, it's the club where you leave your ego at the door, um, and I think Vozzi kind of embodied that when when he came over. You know, Queensland um, state of origin player coming over, but but really wanting to to do his best best for the club, uh, and and no ego, and and I think you know it's been a privilege for me as well to to work with Vozzi. Um, and, and a privilege to be able to to design that shirt, knowing that he would also kind of feel that honour of um, of having a shirt designed um, in in his in his name. So um, I think hopefully it, it's kind of something that that's that almost sums up who we are as a club. Um, you know, we, we take pride in our, our past players' achievements um, to such an extent that that. You know the the main thing that that the team run out in is is a tribute to them and and hopefully we we've, we've carried that off with them um, with this tribute shirt for Volsey. 
Oh yeah, I can't thank you enough for that because I could believe it when you when you when we when we talked and I'm just going, that's crazy. Like it's crazy, and now it's come to to fruition. Um, it just makes it even more surreal. It's uh, such an honor, and yeah, I mean, I can't I can't thank you enough, and yeah, very proud, very proud. Great stuff, and it's been a privilege to have you on the podcast today. Uh, anytime you want to come on and talk casters, give me a bell, and, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll do. Yeah, no worries, no. I appreciate it. Nice one. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed that as much uh, as much as I did recording it. That was uh, an absolutely fascinating and brilliant uh, forty-five minutes or so with, with an absolute legend of the game and a legend, a legend of the club. More, uh, more importantly, in Adrian Valls. Uh, I think his his love for the club, his passion for the club. Um, I actually can't believe how much it comes across in that interview, to be honest. Uh, it was an absolute privilege uh, to be involved with. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone uh, who has supported uh, to this point. Uh, it's been a big week for the podcast as well. Uh, if you've not heard our interview with Danny Maguire, do head back and have a listen to that. That's another absolute cracker. We've got a couple more plans as well coming up in the not-so-distant future. And, of course, will be reacting to the start of the Super League season, which is now just around the corner. Thank you once again for supporting. Get your hands on the Adrian Vells tribute shirt as well. I think you'll agree it's an absolute cracker and the story behind it couldn't be much better. Thanks once again and we'll see you soon. Coif.